It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's great to have you along on this Wednesday. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. Welcome to the midweek edition of the Locked On Thunder podcast. Thank you for making me a part of your day. Very excited to be talking Oklahoma City Thunder basketball with you as we get ready for Game 2 between the Jazz and the Thunder happening at 7 o'clock Central Time out at the peak. Hopefully we'll see you down there. If you're listening in another part of the country today or another part of the world, hopefully you can catch this game on NBA TV or stream it or whatever because it should be a good one if Game 1 is any indication. And coming up in segment number one of the Locked on Thunder podcast, We'll give you an update on Paul George and Corey Brewer. Will these guys play tonight? Also, Donovan Mitchell, what is the latest on his status? Billy Donovan will also give us some insight on what it means to be physical. We always think of it as one thing, but Billy sort of enlightened us the other day and gave us a much broader definition of that term. And Carmelo Anthony, did you know this guy could play defense? Just how good is he on defense? How good was he on the boards? The other night, and Carmelo will talk about why that is so important for him and the team that he do the job that he did in game one against the Utah Jazz. In segment number two, we had a chance to visit with Steven Adams today, and he gave us some great insight during the media session. So I'm going to play you some of that. We'll talk about what it means to have the defense put in a blender. He knows Rudy Gobert personally, and maybe some stuff about Rudy Gobert you wouldn't have gotten any other place. And also, points in the paint. The Thunder gave up too many of them, according to Steven Adams. So what can the Thunder do to get a little bit better? Adams will tell us coming up in segment number two. And finally, in segment number three, we will hear from Russell Westbrook because that's mandatory that we do that at least once a week. Plus, how good are the Thunder when they win game one of the series? Find out, and we'll even discuss... What's going on with the New England Patriots and how that ties in with the Oklahoma City Thunder and what the future of Oklahoma City could eventually look like? If this is your first time listening to the Locked on Thunder podcast, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Eric G. I did radio in Oklahoma City for a while. I hosted a lot of Thunder post games and some Thunder pre-games. I go inside the locker room. I'm a credentialed member of the media, so I'm also a shoot-around And I do my best to be the liaison between the player, the front office, the coach, and the fans. Try and get you all the information that you can need and try and make it relatable and inject my opinion. I also work for another publication called Thunder Digest. And I also like to give a shout out to Chuck Cheney and tell you that you can listen to the G League podcast via iTunes. And we should have another episode of that coming shortly. With that, I want to tell you that if you like what you hear on the Locked on Thunder podcast... Make sure that you go to LockedOnThunder.com because not only are all our podcasts archived, but we also have video from practice, shoot-around, and of course before and after the game with the Oklahoma City Thunder coaches and even 
opposing coaches. All right, segment number one, you're wondering about Paul George and just how much he's doing in practice and Corey Brewer. What are those guys going to be like tonight? Well, talk to some people with the Thunder and if if Paul George practiced today, and this is essentially what I was told, if Paul George has practiced, he probably didn't do a whole lot and the last couple of days, he's really been focusing on treatment for what is a hip contusion. Corey Brewer yesterday was practicing, was limited, didn't do anything contact-wise. They're both considered to be, I guess, game-time decisions, but they're not listed on any injury reports for the Oklahoma City Thunder. So what does that translate to? It means you will see Paul George and Corey Brewer play tonight. And for more on their status, here is Billy Donovan. He he was not able to do very much today. Um, He did some things in practice, but not much. Um, We'll probably see where he's at after shoot-around tomorrow and probably evaluate him you know, going into the game. Was he able to do contact stuff? Mm-mm. Did you guys go through contact stuff? Yes. What about Corey? Corey did some, some contact and rested some. He did a little bit of both. So those, those were just kind of decisions the medical staff made. And I obviously trust those guys because the players are giving those guys feedback on how they're feeling. Um, but uh, Corey did some. Um, and again, for probably for him, we'll find out more you know, more have to shoot around. What's your level of concern with those guys, Paul in particular, about him playing? Um, yeah, I really don't know. I mean, you know, I, I've got to, you know, I think our staff's just trying to get prepared and ready to play, you know, Utah. Um, so, you know, Paul's a tough guy, um, and um, he wants to be out there and, and, and playing. Um, you don't think anybody this time of year's bodies ever feel, you know, great. And, um, you know, Paul wants to be out there, so I'm not going to, you know, do anything more than to see where he's at tomorrow, um, and uh, you know, obviously we're never going to put a player's you know health in, in, in risk in any way, and, and I don't think that's the case. But you know, I think part of the reason why he wanted to come out of the game the first time was he just didn't feel like he was moving well enough to help our team. So I think that's probably going to be a little bit more of his decision of you know how he's feeling in terms of uh, the way he's moving. Yeah, I think you would have to shoot both of those guys in order to keep them out of the lineup tonight. Just as I think you will for Donovan Mitchell, the rookie guard for Utah, who had 27 points in Game 1 for the Jazz. According to the Jazz game notes, Donovan Mitchell is listed as a game-time decision and was looking at a report in the Deseret News today that said Donovan Mitchell was going through a series of drill at the Chesapeake Energy Arena and didn't appear to have didn't appear to be limping at all with the foot contusion that he has. Says he's real determined on playing, but he said if his body can't go, he's not going to push it. Says he wants to be smart. I would bet that we see Donovan Mitchell out on the floor tonight. He's just too important for Utah. And game two, extremely important for the Jazz to get this one tonight so they can build some momentum going back to play the Oklahoma City Thunder at home. Now, this game is going to be physical. Make absolutely no bones about that, that we will see a physical matchup tonight. I thought Steven Adams and Rudy Gobert, when I I think of physicality, I always hearken back to the days of the 90s New York Knicks, maybe even the late 80s Detroit Pistons, and you think of guys like Bill Lambeer, guys like Patrick Ewing, guys like John Sally, and... Charles Oakley, maybe even somebody with that sort of forcer mentality that's going to push the game to the limit, walk on that line of what's legal and not legal, and maybe possibly get into a fight. Well, Billy Donovan 
broadened our horizons and broadened that definition a little bit more during his media session yesterday. Yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't want to, I, th- I think in all this, you don't want to, you know, the free throw line is such a big priority that, you, you know, you, you can be to a point where you're physical, where you're, you're, you're fouling and you're, you're giving up free throws. So there's, there's, I think there's a, a level of smarts. I think, I think the word, you know, physicality gets used in a way that, uh, you know, sometimes people think it's just like guys banging into each other. You know, some of it is just like really, you know, getting over screens, you know, legally and physically getting over it, you know, you know, trying to avoid being screened. Some of it's, you know, running back in transition and, and being able to get into spots, you know, where you can absorb uh, drives. Some of it is there's, there's a pick and roll and someone's rolling to the basket of being there to, to provide help. Um, th- those are the physical things. I think sometimes people see the physicality, they think like there's just pushing and shoving going on. But you've got to be you you've got to be physical in terms of what you're doing defensively. I, I don't think that that's any different than any time you know during an 82 game schedule. You know where you have to you have to be if you if you let teams just if you die on screens. You know if if, if you die in transition. You know if you die in pick and roll coverage. It's really hard to be good defensively. You know you've got to be able to get over those things and do those things at a high level. Did you know that Carmelo Anthony could play defense? Come on. Come on, admit it. You did not think that Carmelo Anthony was ever going to be a defensive juggernaut. In fact, the majority of fans in Oklahoma City think of Carmelo Anthony as a guy who's lazy on the defensive end, gets burned, and then shows up to just take three-pointers. I mean, that—that that is that is, if I could put a textbook definition of what most people think of Carmelo Anthony, that is it. But did you know? that Carmelo Anthony actually led the Oklahoma City Thunder in steals in game one? Yeah, not Paul George, but Carmelo Anthony, who got three steals in in game one. He also had a couple of blocks, and he was great on the boards, and showed some all-around hustle. And if you, just a, a straight-up opinion on this, it's been so long since Carmelo Anthony's been in the playoffs, five years to be exact. And even though I would bet you any amount of money that Carmelo Anthony is going to return to Oklahoma City because of that $28 million contract, he wants to make the most of this and knows that if he's going to take that $28 million and be accepted by his teammates and stay in Russ's good graces as well as Sam Presti's, then he better bust his butt and show up during the playoffs, which he did. And Carmelo Anthony on Monday after the game talked about rebounding, stealing, defense, his active hands, and why it's so important to do that during this time of year. Well, first, uh, you know, the first call to ask would be to kind of stop the ball. Um, kind of just reading reading the play, uh, kind of understanding, uh, you know, personnel at the same time, and, you know, what guys like to do, what they don't like to do, and just using my instincts a lot of the times out there. It seemed like rebounding was a huge factor in the game last night, kind of ebbed and flowed with the, with the way the game was going. Yeah. How important is that going to be moving forward? Rebounding is key. Rebounding is big. Uh, if you can control the boards, um, if you can attack the boards and control the, you know, control the boards, uh, you give yourself an opportunity to um, kind of get out and transition, speed the game up a little bit. Uh, <clears throat> when, you're not getting, when you're not getting stops and our team is getting offensive rebounds or scoring, then the game got to be, you know, become a slower pace and, that's not that's not something we want to do. Mello wouldn't go so far as to give himself a nickname, would not call himself Playoff M, but what the hell, I'll call him Playoff Mello. 
So it's Olympic mellow, hoodie mellow, playoff mellow, regular season mellow. There's just all different phases of Carmelo Anthony. And yes, he still remains the most fascinating guy on the Oklahoma City Thunder. You're listening to the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G., your host. We're part of the Locked on Network, your team every day. And coming up in segment number two, this is a special segment for anyone who happens to be listening in New Zealand. And I would think we might actually have some more people listening in New Zealand because even for as popular as Stephen Adams is, but Joe Ingles, he's from there, right? Well, if he's not, we're going to say he's from New Zealand. We might even have more listeners. So if you like Stephen Adams, the next segment is all for you. Coming up, find out what Stephen Adams said about the Thunder giving up way too many points in the paint. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Business owners, if your target demographic is men between the ages of 18 and 44, then Welcome to your oasis. Yes, the Locked on Thunder podcast. Not only the Locked on Thunder podcast, but every podcast in the Locked on Podcast Network. It's your team every day. It's local experts with daily podcasts, and most of the time they don't run past half an hour. It's very rare that they run any longer. So we give the listeners bite-sized information. It's easy to consume. And back to that whole 18 to 44 demographic and men between the age of 18 and 44. I'm not a big numbers guy, but this number is very important. 98% of the people that listen to this podcast are men. 80% of those are between the ages of 18 and 44. And they're dying to hear about your business. They want to know what you have to sell. They're very loyal to us. And they'll be very loyal to you for being loyal to us. Email us at the Locked on Thunder Podcast Network at gmail.com and find out about our very reasonable rates. David Locke, our fearless leader, will certainly help you get on board. Become a part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Segment number two is all about the Kiwi Stephen Adams, and I hadn't planned it to be that way, but he really gave us the best media session of the entire week, and that includes Billy Donovan, who went 17 minutes yesterday. Just so you know, you can see all the media sessions from Monday, Tuesday, and today at LockedOnThunder.com. Plus, we will also have video from Quinn Snyder and Billy Donovan prior to tonight's game, and then all the post-game interviews from the Thunder as well. It's your one-stop shop for everything Thunder, LockedOnThunder.com. And the interviews we get we get the locker room interviews, which isn't the stock stuff that you'll normally see on ESPN and NBA TV. Anyway, back to Steven Adams, who has to deal with Rudy Gobert all series long. Adams, to his credit, started off a little bit slow, but ended up with a 12-7 to night. And the Thunder, and this is not, we talk about Donovan Mitchell. So much of the focus gets, gets put on Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles when you play the Utah Jazz. Rudy Gobert in my opinion, is is the guy to always focus on because he's not only great on the defensive end, but he's good on the offensive end. Gobert, 
also had a, had a pretty good night going for 14 points and uh, grabbing seven rebounds as well. Anyway, Gobert, the Jazz's team scored 50 points in the paint, and for Steven Adams, that was a little too much. Hard to say. Uh, we, we haven't discussed it. Personally, uh, I mean, I'm not sure if you have Arch Coast, but personally, I, I think the number's too high. But then again, it, it is going to be more because of the game plan. But still, I still think that's a high number. I think we could still get that down um, just from, again, just discipline and closing outs, um, making sure that they don't drive the middle, transition, yeah, all that stuff. You know, So I think we could bring that number down. I'd also like to give some credit now to one of my, uh, I guess, colleagues, media members. I, I, sometimes I don't know what word to use, but Nikki K from Channel 4, who asked Stephen a really good question today. Nikki's always full of great questions, but asked Stephen a really good one. Quinn Snyder likes to use this term, put the defense in the blender, or put them in a blender, which means kind of get them spread out and don't let them get, get settled in and, and do what they do, move the ball around. She asked Stephen Adams about that, and Adams explained what exactly that means much better than I ever could, and how difficult it is to deal with. Oh, it's just you're you're just a step behind the ball always, and then it's like the Spurs. So the Spurs get you half a step behind, and then once they start swinging, it accumulates. So now you're full step behind, then you're two steps behind, and then they're just wide open. So that's. I think that's what he's talking about. But that's the feeling, you know, because you're trying to rotate, but the rotation is so long because of how they're just moving the ball and attacking. Yeah, everyone just... And then you don't even know what to think, really. You'll get two people, like two guys trying to trap the box when there only needs to be one, stuff like that. It's just mayhem, you know. But you know, even with those, you still got to just do your best. Well, you can't even know it's a complete... <laughs> so you just got to still try and get a stop. No matter how pretty... Well, I'm pretty it is. You still the whole point is to get a stop. So. Then, of course, we know you're wanting to know about Rudy Gobert and how to shut this guy down. Well, j- just so you know, you don't shut Rudy Gobert completely down. But he is one of the best defensive guys in the league, as we've already said. Him and Stephen Adams have worked out together. He was a late round draft pick, and this exchange from former Locked On Thunder host. Fred Katz and Steven Adams is definitely worth taking a listen to. I mean, yeah, it was, it was cool with Coy. He's one of the only ones I actually worked out against, him and um, Mike Muscala. Um, yeah, I actually, I actually quite like him a lot. You know, went to, went to lunch with Rudy. He's a good lad, mate. He's a good lad. He's a good dude. Did you did you see it? Because he was he was like a late first round pick, so like, a lot of people didn't see him becoming this this great of a player. Did did you see like the signs of that in that time? Oh, like in the. No, because uh, in, in the drafts, they base it off like his you know, the general skill uh, where you start off at. But, I mean, I knew he was going to be good. He's ridiculously tall and then ridiculously long. You know what I mean? And, he, and he's, like, quite athletic. I had a feeling he was just going to be a, a tough guy. Yeah, regardless, just like, do well. So. Yeah. Was he, he, was, he was like, like he wasn't as broad then, but is he, was he like as, as physical? No, nah, he wasn't. He was still, it's still like that lanky kind of, yeah, back then. It was like that lanky, still getting used to the body sort of feel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now he's now he's better. He's a lot better. He's been in his body a bit longer, so he understands how it works a bit better, I think. For that entire interview, remember, just go to LockedOnThunder.com and you can get all the insight you want from Stephen Adams and for a full 17 minutes of Billy Donovan, which I mentioned before, but I think it's worth visiting that. It's LockedOnThunder.com 
for all your Oklahoma City Thunder needs, wants, and desires. You're listening to the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am your host, Eric G. Thank you for joining me today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up in segment number three, just how good are the Oklahoma City Thunder when they take game one of a series? We'll tell you next. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sports fans, listen up. If you're looking for one place to go to get everything NFL, Major League Baseball, and NBA, there is a perfect website for you. It's called LockedOnSports.com. It has daily podcasts from local experts for every one of the teams in the leagues that we just mentioned, plus fantasy podcasts, draft podcasts. If you're a numbers geek, if you're an X's and O's guy, or even if you're like me, you're more into the issues, the storylines, and just general mass appeal, it's all right there at LockedOnSports.com. Some great podcasts to listen to right now as we're in the playoffs. Locked On Pelicans, which is our pot of the day. They're up two to nothing on the Blazers. For that matter, Locked On Blazers is perfect to listen to because they're struggling and they need to fix something quick if they want to stay in the playoffs. There's also Locked On Cowboys for you people wanting to know about Des Bryant or maybe even Locked On Texans right now. I can't say enough about it. David David Locke has put together a great network. I am proud to be a part of it. It's LockedOnSports.com. Let's wrap this thing up with the little news and notes and even some mandatory Russell Westbrook audio. The Oklahoma City Thunder, when they win game one of a series, they are 6-3. and three. That's right, 6-3. and three. And uh, last time I checked... They have a one to nothing lead over the Utah Jazz in this best of seven. They also hold a 6-2 record in the first round of the playoffs after winning game one. So numbers, those are the types of numbers that count if you ask me. And I do want to run this question by you because I, I get confused when people like Blake Griffin and Marcus Smart come to town. Is it all right to root for a guy like Epke Udo? who was from Edmond and now is playing for the Utah Jazz. Hey, if you want to find out more about him, there's a really good article about Ed K. Udo in the in the Salt Lake Tribune. I highly recommend that today. And he is still beloved in his hometown of Edmond, Oklahoma. So, and if you want to go root for him, like I totally wouldn't have a problem with that. If I saw somebody from Edmond wearing an Ed K. Udo jersey tonight, I would actually think that's kind of cool. And in fact, if you are... Take a picture of yourself and send it to me at G-E-E-H-S-O. Or if you see me outside the peak, grab me. I'd, I'd love to get a picture with you. Um, let's do some Russell Westbrook audio here. Russ gave us a, a decent media session this week. And it starts off with a question about Paul George struggling. Because, look, we saw Paul George after the, the All-Star break. We know this guy wasn't hitting on all eight cylinders. And really, it was just the last few games that he got it going. In particular, these last two. Russell Westbrook talks about that, and offensively, how do you deal with that tough Utah defense? He's been playing fine. I mean, I think, you know, you guys are the one that have been making a notion about he was playing bad. So, 
I think he's been doing good. When you look at uh, the, the success that you guys had offensively, uh, especially after that first quarter against the Jazz, what does it do for you guys confidence-wise against their defense? Um, you know, they, they, they change up their, their, their lineups pretty pretty a lot throughout the game, so we got to make sure we stay aggressive, use our size, continue to attack the basket, um, make them guard us. And, uh, they do a good job moving the basketball. We got to make them guard us as well. Oh, Paul George was was not good for a while, but he but he's coming out of it. And playoff P for for any criticisms that we may have had about Paul George over the last few weeks, we're all coming around. And and, and as long as he stays on his playoff P tear, Russ, we'll all be on. We'll we'll all we'll all be fans of Paul George. Finally, I wanted to wrap up with this. I, I don't know how much you're keeping up with what's going on with the New England Patriots, but Tom Brady hasn't fully committed to play next season and neither's Rob Gronkowski and they're not showing up to workouts and there's a, a lot of drama surrounding the Patriots, a lot of it having to do with Bill Belichick and him being too much of a dictator. Take that and think about now what's going on with the San Antonio Spurs as Kawhi Leonard and Greg Popovich are struggling and Pop is doing everything he can to maintain control of that team and make sure it runs exactly the way that he wants it to run, which means he's always going to be large and in charge. I sort of think about it this way. When you are a professional athlete, when you're an adult, not just a professional athlete, but when you're an adult and you've been in a profession for a very long time and you know what you're doing, there are going to be times that you not only question the boss, but you're 100% certain that the boss is wrong. And maybe you still do it the way that he wants to do it. Or maybe you step up and question him. And certainly millionaire athletes who are the face of the organization, in most cases, can step up, question the coach, and get them removed. Right now with the Oklahoma City Thunder, for as much as everybody likes to kind of bag on Sam Presti, bag on Billy Donovan when things weren't going well, you don't hear that there's a lot of disruption. You don't hear that there's a lot of drama. And the one time I really remember there being drama was Reggie Jackson and he got moved out. And I'm sort of wondering now, if you're a Thunder fan, seeing what's going on, in both New England and in San Antonio, do you now appreciate Billy Donovan's laid-back style more and Sam Presti's approach more, or do you appreciate it less? Because here's a way to look at it. Just g- give me some food for thought. Here's a way to look at it. You can only be a dictator for so long in professional sports before it eventually falls apart, and that goes for even the most successful of coaches and the most successful of GMs. Because once guys start having success and realize that they could have been where they were with you and could get someplace even more without you and they go for outside help to work on their shot or work on their passing game or whatever, if they're a quarterback, then they're going to have their own opinions. So just remember that. That management style can only work for so long, even for the most successful people. And we all know Sam Presti. I don't know if you necessarily call Presti a dictator when it comes to the Oklahoma City Thunder, but make no mistake, he is the guy in charge, even if now he's not the face of the Thunder, and that is simply Russell Westbrook. That wraps up this edition of the Locked on Thunder podcast. We will be back tomorrow. 
talking about what else? Game two of the Jazz and the Thunder series, and we will look ahead to game three. Until then, ELE, peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.